I'd like to tell you a story about a guy that wasn't the most confident in the world at a moment with short, cut-off jean shorts. So picture yourself, uh, let's call it a weekend in September. I'm in Wisconsin Dells at the Wazawa Festival, which is the end of the season celebration there where they have beer tents everywhere, party, big time circus, all that jazz. Anyways, my buddy and I are at a campground, or we got a campground, because then you can walk to the beer tents and party like you're 23 even though we're not. Somebody had a great idea-ish that said that we should wear cut-off jean shorts and tight white t-shirts when we go downtown and because it's kind of fun, you meet people, you have fun, have a little beer and call it a night. Anyways, so my buddies decided that's a great idea and they head downtown well before I got to this campsite. So I get to the campsite and I talk to the neighbors next door and they're like, hey, you gonna do it? And I'm like, oh, where is everybody? And they said, they're already downtown. They went a couple hours ago, which means that I have to get my little cutoff jean shorts and I have to walk downtown across a very long bridge alone. And I thought, huh, that's not ideal. And so I went through my head, what are the options that I have? I could drive downtown and then change in my car or something like that. I could skip the whole thing and just wear normal clothes or, but then I would never live that down. Uh, but then I thought, you just got to own it. So I cut my jeans into the tight little shorts or whatever that they are. I don't really wear them that often. So with little pockets showing and I start walking downtown. And it was at that moment that I began to think that maybe there were some life choices that weren't ideal. I'm walking across this long bridge. And if you know Wisconsin Dells, there's a long bridge over that river. And during Wazawa or any time in the summertime, there are lots of cars that go across that bridge and they like to honk and yell outside their cars. And I got a lot of honking. I got a ton of honking. Interesting thing happens. There's so many beer tents that I didn't know where my buddies were. So I'm having to walk downtown Wisconsin Dells across this bridge, getting hoots and hollers. Uh, some interesting looks from old guys that were a little creepy. And anyways, I eventually find my buddies. And when I was with the group, it was fine. You're just having a good time. When you're alone, it was interesting because I forced myself consciously to be confident because I saw that as really my only other option. Welcome to Diary of a Worthy Pursuit. How to get what you truly want in life and business. And today we're going to talk about how to be confident. <laughs> what a story to start with. I think it's one so interesting that you just you owned it. You know, you yeah, you just I... strutted across that bridge. And I think there's so many opportunities in life where we we don't have confidence. We mm. go in being nervous about how is this going to go? And really when you are confident, you just feel so much better about going into that situation. You know, much. you could have crossed that bridge with all the nervousness in the world, but instead, if you carry yourself with this confidence, it's like no one can see what's going on on the inside. Right. Yeah, it's somewhat of a fake it. I don't even want to say fake it till you make it because in the end, it's not like you made it across the end of the bridge. It's more like just faking it to yourself right? to convince yourself internally, like, you got this. And right. in the end, it's just walking across the bridge, not the end of the world. Right. Though you probably will be that guy that people think of. As <laughs> yeah, like, right. Remember, remember that, that one time we went on the Dells trip and we saw that guy? But uh, as James and I were talking, we don't think there's many uh, situations in which being confident uh, isn't a virtue. Right. I mean. Yeah, I can't think of anywhere you'd be benefited by not being confident. 
And there's so many different situations where this applies. You know, mm -hmm. the, the ones that come to you immediately are things like a job interview or, um, you know, if you're a business owner or you're a salesperson talking to a prospect, you really want to be confident in what you're offering. Even just, you know, trying to talk to someone who might be a prospect for a relationship or trying yeah. to pick somebody up in a bar. Absolutely. Confidence just gives you this, this feeling, I think, that people are really more interested in talking to a confident person. Do you find that? I do. I think people want to follow. And so it's very easy. Let's say you're picking up someone at a bar or whatever. It's very s easy for them to say, I want to be led by this person, rather than if you come off and say, hey, I know you probably don't want to, but and maybe probably not kind of thing. The person's not going to be like, this is the future. I can see my life. <laughs> you know, right. It's going to be magical. Right. Well, and there's some wishy-washiness, I think, when you're not confident. Totally. It just gives the wrong message. You know? Absolutely. Whereas confidence, whether you have it or you're just pretending that you have it, exudes that you know what you want and mm -hmm. you're going after it. And how many of us don't want to portray that message to the world? Yeah, or even yourself. Fair. You talk to, I've talked to a lot of business owners, a lot of people that either didn't know how to make a decision or had this internal struggle with the decision. And I was just listening to Earl Nightingale this morning. He talked about uh, confident people make fast decisions and they don't change their mind very often. Because a lot of times in the end, when you're making a decision, if you have to deliberate too much, there's either probably, probably not a good choice or probably not a bad choice. So just make a decision, move on with your life. Right. Yeah. I can tell you a really quick story. We're at um, oh, the, the hibachi grill place. You know, they're doing the thing with the onion volcano, mm -hmm. spinning the egg on their hat. Anyways, they do this little thing with the broccoli where they launch it and then you catch it, right? So on this table with, I don't know, nine, 12 people, whatever, and the guy's like, da 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 flipping his stuff. And he's tossing the broccoli and people are catching it. And then it comes to this woman's turn, and she's like, oh, uh, I'm not sure. Like, do, what kind of broccoli is it? <laughs> kind of thing, right? She was pausing. Is there more than one kind of broccoli? I don't know, <laughs> but she was so apprehensive. And the interesting thing is the guy didn't care, right? Right. The guy's like, either you want the broccoli or you don't want the broccoli, but I'm in the middle of a show here. Right. I can't have you pausing, because then it kind of threw him off his game. Yeah. And I could read him, and I was just like, oh, this poor dude, right? Because he's got to do this, you know, 50 times a night or whatever. Right. He just wants to move on to his life, show us a little good time, and it's all said and done. But this lady was like making a pro-con list of <laughs> do I want this broccoli. Oh my it was goodness. so interesting because I'm like, okay, you're clearly not a confident person, at least in this context of broccoli. And what is wrong with you? Well, but what I also think is interesting about that is that her lack of confidence threw someone else off their confidence yeah. when you know we all try to carry ourselves as the kind of person that we want to be or the person that we see ourselves as being and then to see someone else impact you in that way if you're going along your road someone can still create a bump even if totally. you are the most confident person in the world right and i think of think of the chef guy like he's spinning knives and stuff like that. I feel like he's gonna have some confidence right. there <laughs> to put on the show. I can't imagine a timid person. You being can't there. be somewhere in between when you're spinning knives. No, no, you gotta <laughs> just own it. Own right. it. I love it. Mm -hmm. So today we're gonna talk about how to be confident. Let's start first with uh, asking better questions. James, how does this help us be more confident? The short answer is uh, I want to clarify this a little bit that we're asking better questions internally as well as externally. So I had an employee that felt like things were not going her way. In, I'd say this is more on a personal side. 
And me being the boss, I didn't want to really dig into the personal side, but I just figured I'd give her this little tip to help her. And the little tip is she was asking questions internally, which we always do. And she was asking questions like, why is this always happening to me? How is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Or questions even more specific to what's going on. But the answer to that question cannot be a positive. Like, why is this always happening to me? You can't be like, oh, it's not always happening to you, because that would be your brain countering what you said. So when she's asking herself these questions, why is something negative happening to me? Her brain's like, well, you're a moron. Or, yeah, you made bad life choices, or whatever. It's answering the question. It's a so leading I, question. Correct. Yeah, the presupposition is this yes. is always happening to you. Right. So I told her, all you have to do is consciously ask a better question. How can I stop this from happening? How can I stop this from happening and have fun in the process? Or ask a question where you know that the answer, any answer that you'd be giving, would be positive towards what you want. And then a week later, she reaches out and she's like, that was money, James. Perfect. Helped. And she couldn't, she had a hard time believing. It was kind of funny. She had a very hard time putting in words. Like that little tweak was enough to just change her outlook on tons of things. And it helped make her a better employee, which was cool. <laughs> Bonus. Mm, yeah. uh, one of the ones that I have heard that's really nice is when you're hearing like, or something's happening, life is headed down this bad direction in your opinion uh, and you think why is this happening to me mm. but a podcaster that I love to listen to that talks about how is this happening for me for benefit. so yes so it's like that flip of oh I have to go do this thing I have to go pick up my kids to I get Mm -hmm. to go pick up my kids. I have a scheduler. I get to go pick them up. So this whole idea of what's happening to me versus what's happening for me, I think is huge because it is implying that there is some good thing or some lesson in this mm -hmm. um, that's really helpful. And I think it leaves you looking for the positive. Yeah, and expecting the positive. And I think a lot of people, a lot of confident people just expect good things to happen. Right. They know that they will happen. And a negative person could say, like, how do you know what's going to happen? In the end, you don't. Right. But you're relying on your conscious and your subconscious making it happen. And if you run into a mistake or a bump or a little failure or whatever, you don't sit back and sulk. You just keep going forward. So you're a confident person, and you probably haven't had to ride this in a while, but I know you coach people, business owners, and mm -hmm. your employees. So how does one actually make that change from being having these negative questions to having these positive questions because it's one thing to know you should change the dialogue and another thing to actually catch yourself in it yeah that's a very interesting question so high school ish into beginning of college i was a shy person not a very confident person and i don't know what the switch was but i do remember that it was somewhat of a moment where i just made a conscious decision that that behavior wasn't serving me and you would see confident people and you're like what do they have that I don't and I couldn't come up with an answer and so I'm like uh, I can be confident and so you just make that switch like it's a conscious decision or in my case it was a conscious decision right I'm certain that there are people that just either naturally have it or they've learned at a younger age to have it uh, I was never in sports or anything like that and I feel like a lot of confidence kind of follows people if they're good at sports that way, because people are always, you rah, rah, kind of thing for yeah. stuff like that. But for me, it was definitely a conscious decision. And it was a moment. 
Like it wasn't like the next six weeks I'm going to work. I'm being confident. It was just a light switch. Yeah. And I do remember thinking like that was easy. <laughs> it was one of those. Yeah. So you made it as this bigger thing. You know, it's not a boulder, it's a pebble. You just get to decide right. how hard you have to push. Correct. There's a, a program called Girls on the Run that All teaches right. third through fifth graders. It gives them an opportunity to train for a 5K, but oh, it nice. does a lot of character training and how to be a good friend and, and that sort of thing. But one of the tools that they have that's really interesting to teach 10-year-olds how to catch this negative self-talk is to create yourself a sound. Right. So whatever your sound is, if it's or um, what a buzz or something that's going to catch yourself, you, when you, you see yourself having those thoughts, you say that sound oh. out loud. And then it's a, it's a trigger for you to, to flip the script, to change the question. Interesting. So the goal at first for these 10 year olds isn't necessarily to know what to change it to, it's just to recognize the negativity. All right. And then as they recognize it more, then they can start trying to change it. It's interesting when you learn stuff like that and you think, are we just Pavlov's dogs? And I think a lot of times to a point, you right. can be, or you can train yourself to be because it's that simple, right? Making a noise yeah, and you train yourself to shift your mindset. That's amazing. Well, and if we can train that to, you know, these girls who are in third through fifth grade, why can't we? do that. We just need to get out of our own way I think we got to ask a better question. We need to ask a better question. How can we? Exactly. <laughs> Great point. Yeah. It's just, yeah. And then going beyond that, asking better questions to people. Because when you're asking someone a question, you want to ask them a question that presupposes the answer that you want. So it's just little tweaks like that that help and will help get what you want. Well, I think sometimes each of us moves so quickly in our lives that we don't take that conscious extra second mm -hmm. to form the question. So the one is how would we ask ourselves better questions, but two, we move so quickly, can you just take one extra second mm -hmm. to reform your question so you can get the positive result? Right. And a lot of times little pauses will help make you seem confident or more confident. And those little pauses are where you can tweak the question. So I did some sales training. And some of the sales training you see is kind of cheesy. But one of the questions as an example is like, should we schedule this for Monday or Tuesday? Mm -hmm. I'm not asking you, do you want to schedule it? Right. It presupposes that we are going to schedule something. And I'm just giving you the options of Monday or Tuesday. And if you don't like Monday or Tuesday, you have to consciously think like, oh, uh, wait, I don't want to buy this at all. Right. Kind of thing. So you presuppose at least a portion of the answer that you want, and it helps accomplish a goal. I, I use the salespeople example, or salesperson example, I should say, because in the end, if you're gonna be a good salesperson, you have to be confident. You have to be confident, mm -hmm. yeah. I love that. Unless, I guess, um, when I was a kid, what was that TV show with the detective uh, that was always kind of bumbling? And he was bumble and get what he wants. I can't think of his name. Mr. Magoo? Peter Falk was, was the actor. Oh, I, oh, I can't know. think of it. <laughs> but he would always, it was interesting because he didn't seem confident, even though he was. And he, his thing was he would ask a suspect questions. And the suspect is trusting this guy because he's kind of like coming on nonchalant, not very confident. And then he would say like, okay, you know, I appreciate your time and start walking out the door. And he always turned around and say, one more thing. And then he'd ask a question with a presupposition in it. And the suspect would be like, blah, 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 and essentially admit their guilt. 
So it's interesting because now that I'm thinking about this, maybe there are times when you are confident, but if you come off a little less than confident, that people will expose themselves to you a little bit. Maybe just police interrogators. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. All right, so our, our next uh, piece of advice for how to be confident is to appreciate what you have. Uh, so this is something that uh, a lot of sports psychologists really talk about. Uh, I guess I'll start with, I used to be a volleyball coach. I coached volleyball for almost 10 years through club and wow. high school, lots of different age groups. But I coached girls, and I don't know why this is, but a lot of younger girls, high school girls, have an issue with confidence. Mm. And so as I was reading about how I can help these girls really try to come into their own and be confident in this way, uh, one of the things that sports psychologists recommend is to think back to a time when you actually accomplished what you're going for. So if I had a girl, for example, who felt like she kept serving into the net and kept missing all of her serves, what we would say was, okay, before you go up to that line, I want you to visualize a time where you did make it over the net, mm -hmm. and then you step up and you do it again because you can have confidence in that you have done it in the past and you can appreciate that you were able to. Nice. How has this helped you in confidence? Oh man, um, when I'm teaching, or when I was back when in-person classes were more of a thing, I was teaching business planning classes, I would have people say, um, they had homework, right? It was eight week course, six week course, something like that. And they would have to go online and fill in little sections of their business plan. So like this is, you know, talk about the management, which is usually them, or talk about their finances, marketing, business plan stuff. And every day it was just a simple fill in this little section, right? So initially it seemed like business plan, holy cow, it's overwhelming. Right. Little section at a time, little chunk at a time, no big deal. This woman comes to me and she's like, I didn't do my homework. I'm like, okay, why didn't you do your homework? Because in the end you're starting your business, so. Um, anyway, she's like, I didn't have internet. I'm like, what do you mean you didn't have internet? There are libraries, there are coffee shops, there are, I mean, maybe for whatever reason, your home internet wasn't working, but your cell phone internet wasn't working. Like, and this she's like- This is not the day and age to not have internet. Yeah, and it was one <laughs> of those, like, uh, my, my car broke down. And I'm like, you're stretching. Because <laughs> if you want it, you can get it. And it's one of those, like, you have all of this opportunity, right? The class was essentially free. Uh, I was volunteering my time. There's all these other people around her that are supporting her. There's the software that was provided for the business planning class. We're in a building where it's snowing outside and you have heat comfort. Like your comfort is never in question. There's so many things that she had as far as opportunity. And I'm like, we took you to the 99 yard line. We're asking you to go that extra three feet and the defense isn't paying attention. And you're like, meh. I'm busy. Right. I don't have internet. That's so interesting because I think you calling that to her attention, I wonder if she had noticed that before. Because I think some people, based on how we're raised or whatever, we just don't have this gratitude bone or practice built. So it's harder for us to see what we do have. And I think that it's one of the best things we can do when we come up to a hurdle. Mm -hmm. in something. So right, like in that, she had a hurdle of finishing her homework, but she wanted to start a business. That's some of the best times to have gratitude. It's because yeah. you think, hey, this is hard, but look at all the other things I have to be grateful for. So why won't I just push that little extra? Why won't I just, you know, try to act in this way? Because look at all the things I have going for me. Why not me? I think sometimes is a question 
um, you know, why is this happening to me? Well, why not me? Why shouldn't something good happen to me? I think it's better question, is interesting. Because the answer to that would be, this is why not you. Yeah. So you have to ask a better question, like, how can I make this happen? Ooh. What do I need to do at this moment to make this happen? Do you see this live coaching that we're getting right here? <laughs> That's for free. Good. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll give you another example from Please. that same class. Okay. Uh, this woman is all excited about her business plan, and she makes homemade business cards. Okay. Like that kind of the perforation stuff like that ooh. that you send through your inkjet printer. Yeah. And you're, it's funny because you're saying like, ooh, but I'm like, no. I guess I was thinking like metal perforated business cards. No. But you're thinking like the kind you run through. Yeah, she spent 10 bucks at Office Depot okay. or whatever and got the little cheesy ones with little, where you can see the little perforation lines. Sure. And what she was selling was somewhat of a higher value product. Okay. And I'm like, okay, if you go to Tiffany's to buy a ring and you don't buy the ring, but the jeweler salesperson there says, here's my card, give me a call. And that card has perforations on it. What is your first thought about that? Doesn't matter how nice the jewelry is. Doesn't matter how nice the store is. As soon as you see that, no, mm -hmm. no. I'll go to Walmart or wherever <laughs> sells jewelry. I don't know, cheaply. So I'm like, throw those away. And she got, I could tell that I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said it like that. But it's one of those like, you have to exude confidence in yourself. And what she was telling herself, what I believe that she was telling herself there, was that she wasn't worth mm. her business. Like that was a temporary thing. Yeah. That was the kind of business card you get for a lemonade stand. That is not the kind of business card you get for a business. Right. So, and I'm like, if you go to Office Depot, the same place or wherever you bought those little perforated cards, for maybe $5 more, you can get real printed, mm -hmm. legitimate business cards. And she was, she was not the type of person to take uh, criticism like that greatly. And I kind of understand because she put a lot of time in this designing the business cards sure. and stuff like that. But I'm like, you got to believe that when you hand out those business cards, that you have the confidence that people should do business with you. You expect them to do business with you because they should appreciate the opportunity to do business with you. Yeah. And if you don't believe it, because you got these perforated business cards, right? are they going to believe it? Mm -hmm. And I could see it kind of twist in her head like, oh, he's right, kind of thing. And sometimes I don't like being right in these cases because right. she was starting to tear up and I'm like, come on. <laughs> right. Well, but it's a good lesson for people to learn and I think that this is another reason why confidence is so important, especially if you're an entrepreneur or a, mm -hmm. a business owner, is because there's a certain level of trust that comes when you have confidence. Mm -hmm. So you think about those situations. If I'm working at Tiffany's and I hand you a very nice classy card, there's more trust in that yeah. than handing you something homemade. Um, you know, it's we don't want to buy, what am I looking for? I don't want to be sold. Right. I want to buy the thing that I want. So if I feel like I'm being sold, then I have less trust. Mm -hmm. But if I feel like you are listening to me and explaining your product in a way that hits my needs, you're exuding confidence. Right. And I am more confident in you, which leads to more trust. Mm -hmm. And I think that 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 trust is this underlying foundation of a lot of what happens in business and in life. but if you think to the people in your life who are confident mm -hmm. and the people in your life that maybe waffle a little bit, I wonder what the scale is in relation to the trust. Oh, interesting. So are you, do you trust more of those people who are confident in your life than those who yeah. waffle? And I would say, yeah, because those people who waffle a little bit, you don't know if they're going to show up. You don't know if you can count on them. Yeah, I think, well, think of con, man. That's confidence, man. 
Right. Which they're not like, hey, let's trick these people by being really wishy-washy <laughs> or not confident. You just, when people are confident, you totally want to follow them. Well, so it's so interesting. My husband loves Audible books, and we were listening right. to one from Malcolm Gladwell about um, people who are, they, people who are good at catching people in a lie right. versus others who aren't. But this, um, there was this journalist who was tipped off to the fact that Bernie Madoff oh. might be a Ponzi scheme. Mm -hmm. So this journalist goes and interviews Bernie Madoff, and oh, nice. he's like, he was so disarming and so confident, and uh, I dropped the story after ah! that. So the confidence <laughs> built trust, mm -hmm. and then this guy dropped this huge thing, and then it probably would have been the story of his lifetime. And yeah, right. He uncovered it, instead someone else did. Mm -hmm. But again, how, how far did, not that I'm saying go be like Bernie, but how far did confidence get him in his life? You know, it's interesting, Bernie's story, I don't know if you know a lot of the story, but he was a multimillionaire before he did the Ponzi scheme. Oh, I had no idea. He was a very successful business guy. And he just, it's one of those things where he wanted more. Yeah. Even though he had what could very strongly be argued plenty, mm -hmm. or even a beyond what he could ever even spend. Money was a way to keep score. And he kind of reached the point where I need to find next level. And this is next level. But super successful guy before that. He was that loved. Crazy? Loved. And he just... Had to uh, overstep his bounds a bit. <laughs> <laughs> right. There goes that gratitude. Thing. Yeah, right. It comes back again. <laughs> we got to be grateful for what we have. All right. So our final step for you in how to be confident is to act as if you already have it. And there's this... Um, book that talks about your future self mm -hmm. and so picturing the kind of person that you want to be and then acting as if you're already that person because otherwise you're not going to work your way up to it you almost have to try and fail to be confident to kind of build that muscle sure yeah there was a youtube video i watched where a guy is talking about intentionally getting rejected a hundred times oh wow so he would go to a coffee shop and he'd be like can i have that for half price or asking questions where he expected to get rejected just yeah. to train himself to toughen that muscle. And it's interesting, he might have had a TED talk. It was interesting because he said, I didn't get rejected as much as I thought I would. And so then he's like, ah, I have to go ask someone else a question <laughs> to get to my 100. Right. But it's interesting how he just had to force himself to go for rejection, and in doing so, he built up his confidence. Mm -hmm. Another thing is the whole body language, the stance, right? The Wonder Woman stance. Right. Or how you shake hands, all that jazz that are little tweaks that you make these conscious tweaks. You can subconsciously build your own confidence. Well, isn't there something about the president wearing a certain color that's trust? Like blue is this color oh, of sure. trust. Mm -hmm. And so you'll often see the president wearing like a navy blue suit or a blue tie or a blue suit with a red tie mm -hmm. um, because he's putting off this portrayal of, of power and trust. But even with women, I went to the Athena Awards oh, last nice. night here in Madison, which is a celebration of professional women serving the community and doing good things for the empowerment of other women. And it was interesting because as I watch all of these professional headshots come up, um, you could kind of read the confidence in each of them. Oh, this nice. one woman showed up, she looked super confident. She's wearing a red power suit. And uh, it's just so interesting because you could tell that that was a deliberate decision. Nice. Not that she's not a confident person anyway, I know mm -hmm. her, but she's giving herself the tools so confidence feels easier because she's creating an environment in which confidence comes easy. Interesting. I suppose you don't see the president in a pink polka dot suit. Or 
I don't know how much <laughs> trust that builds. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, it's funny because you wonder, even the clothes people wear or the just the way that they carry themselves, mm -hmm. it's interesting how some people could probably get away with a polka dot suit. Fair. And because they have that confidence. Like jean shorts. They get <laughs> jean shorts. <laughs> I don't want to do that again. <laughs> but now again. you have the confidence to pull it off. Uh, yeah, 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 I mean, have, in that case, it would have to be forced. Well, here, tough. you were acting as if yeah. you had the confidence mm -hmm. because you had to strut and do it anyway. I think that's some of it, too, is we tend to dread some of these things that we know we, we should do to grow our business, mm -hmm. but we dread it. When, again, I'll pull back this idea someone told me the other day, that thing is really only a pebble, but you're making it a, a boulder right. because you don't have the confidence. You feel like you're going to fail. So you need to, to go through and do that thing anyway for your business. You might as well be confident because you're going to have to do it regardless. Yeah, imagine if the anticipation is worse than the actual event. Right. So just like when you're going up that roller coaster and then 20 seconds later the <laughs> ride's done. I imagine that's like jumping out of a plane. Not Probably. that I ever want to jump out of a perfectly good airplane, but right. I imagine that that's what it would be I like. Bet. I bet. Cool. All right, so today we've given you three tools that you can use to be more confident. Sweet. So this is Diary of a Worthy Pursuit, how to get what you truly want in life and business.